0: Okay, everybody,
3: here we are once again, <laughs> West Point, Mississippi, the Mossy Oak Gamekeeper Studio. We're, everybody's. Where are we? A, 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 well, we're the right, home of Mossy Oak, right, right here. here. We are. Yeah, I don't think we've ever done this anywhere else but right here. What uh, what episode is this, Mike? Do you know? I'll check. I think I think it might be one seventy-two or three.
1: We've done this that many times. Isn't that ag- that's it's amazing?
3: It really is. You
1: think we'd run out of stuff to talk about? <laughs> not this great. Not, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> oh me. Not yet.
3: Toxy, uh, you missed the snakes yesterday.
4: Doggone it. <laughs>
1: He's pretty strategic, you
4: know.
3: That guy. I, and, I literally could not yesterday. It's gonna be one seventy six.
4: One seventy six.
3: We missed one seventy five, and we were supposed to give away the Browning shotgun on one seventy five. So what are we gonna
1: we'll give it away today?
3: No, let's just hang on to it and
4: look at giving it away at two hundred.
1: Is that the shotgun that's in? max office
4: mm, yeah we're be. getting stuff out of bobby's closet no, no. Now. okay huh. <laughs> my closet is completely empty so it's, it's from it's, now on it's coming out of. i think it all went to bobby's closet anyway i yeah. noticed it's locked
1: anyway i yeah, can't even get in there anymore no, it's just rough cut rough. a brother off
3: so uh look when when i look around the room there's a lot going on tax here it you- is
4: game keeping season yeah baby. yeah
3: a- anybody hearing anything about army worms
4: uh, yes I personally have not seen them, but I haven't. No crops have come up yet. My duck crops that usually mm-hmm. infested. I have been watching them very close in clover. They wiped out a 15-acre field of clover, one of my prized possessions, last summer. Broke my heart and just did it in days. I've been watching for that, but I, haven't, I have not have seen them yet. I expect any time. Uh, well, one an of our uh,
1: A number one gamekeepers, uh, <laughs> since picture's of them, so they're around. Oh, they're ready. Yeah, Tom. Tom, Tom, Tom Robertson, yeah. Big time. Well, little time. It's like
4: little bombs go off here and there and just.
1: So here it comes, huh?
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Be aware. So now they're in the yard because the wasps are all hovering over the grass in my yard. That's Mm -hmm. when they first start to break out.
1: Isn't it a little white moth? Mm.
4: Yep. It lays the eggs. Yeah. So, if anybody
3: wants to learn about may, may, might be having army worm issues, you remember we on episode number forty nine we had a guy from Mississippi State Angus. Oh yes, yeah, who, uh, he was uh, just did a fantastic job explaining army worm. Yeah, and there's two right.
4: and there's two types. Mm-hmm. And the uh, corn army worm, which is not as common as the southern grass, I guess army worm, southern army worm, but that corn army worm was the one that was wiping out like cotton and beans and all kind of stuff and like seven and all that wouldn't phase them, right? Isn't that right, Dudley? Oh, go by. You double correct me on that. He was. It yeah, was the year were, that they. I think know. it was
2: bifenthrin. They were saying that they were resistant yeah, to or
4: something.
1: I can't remember. And I these, thought that stuff killed everything.
4: No, <clears throat> not those. They said they were. That's what people weren't having success with them. Hmm. So I don't. I haven't heard about those. I don't know the difference in the two. I just know when they're really bad. And the this time of year, if you've got something tender, you better go check it at least. It's been how tall it is. If it's in the small stage, you better check it every day or two. Mm-hmm. Best thing is uh, Bernie, from our retired from Mississippi State, our good yeah, buddy. buddy. Bernie White gave us one of those uh, entomology nets that are white canvas. Mm-hmm. It's the best thing in you the world. You just go there and you swoop get your white – you got to get a, just a white piece of cloth net, and you can just scrape it through the grass or the whatever you're worried about, and if they're there, they'll – You'll see them all, alone. and you can see them when they're tiny, t- like a mm-hmm. quarter inch, and nope. little, almost invisible. But you can see them on that white net way before they break out bad.
2: You know, you mentioned that those little nets would be cool for any gamekeeper. You could go out to your fields and your pastures and Good see what seed. kind of bugs are yeah, out there. That's true.
4: Catch hmm. a butterfly or two. Yeah, yeah. My dream thing is to get a. a wild, I've still been looking and looking and looking, a wild seed harvester. Some yes. type, even if you just small amounts, <laughs> rather than just clipping the heads of something, you know.
2: Well, I'm sure the roundstone like a, people yeah. or Kyle Liebarger or somebody would know. Where Don't we they, they
4: make one on like
1: a weed eater or something?
4: Like they like? do. Yeah. I've seen that kind of catch in a basket. I just need, to, I guess, I need to get over the hump and just,
1: just do commit. it.
4: in You know, it's one of those things you want to talk to somebody who's used one. Right. It's a good, you know. It's kind of like we talk about who looks at advertising. Yeah. As far as restaurants, I mean, you're going to call somebody and say, "I've never been." To whatever San Antonio before. Where's a good place to eat? Same thing with one of those. I've never heard of anybody using one. I'm scared to spend that kind of money and it not work well. some call
1: our buddies at Roundstone. I'm sure they
4: get. Oh, some they tips. do. Yes, yeah. they would know. Yeah, they're the best. Anybody see any doves? Anybody got any? Yeah, no, we're seeing some doves. I'm seeing doves, but too. they always see a lot. We see lots of doves. Yeah, until and then about the the season opens till <laughs> about the fifteenth <15th> or twentieth. <laughs> right? Make they're sure everybody's place. got my phone number.
1: I mm-hmm. phone oh, that so. So what we was, know what to avoid. <laughs> Let me give it just so everybody knows, Bobby's phone number is. Yes. So uh, Dudley, speaking of uh, that, congratulations. You
3: you gave a couple of uh, talks this week. I heard they went extremely well, especially the one at uh, near Kosciuszko. Yeah, yeah I had that, some was, guests
2: come up. that was a fun event. Well, thank you for doing that. That's yeah. that
3: good. We'll have to book you for more events. Like oh, that. please. Uh,
2: preferably on the
0: weekends.
3: Oh, yeah. So, Mac. who is this episode brought to you by?
0: The hometown – of Duke Traps. Hometown heroes. Oh, that's yeah. right.
3: They make a great trap.
1: A great trap. Man, great great business. Great, great folks. Yep, that's yeah. right.
3: Yeah. They're they're,
4: a, they're trapping dynasties. They're, they're royalty. Oh, they are. I hear you. Right here down the street, a couple blocks away.
1: Right here in old Dirt Valley.
4: That's yep. Right.
1: <laughs> Bottom Land Boulevard. <laughs>
2: Another interesting fact about West Point, like Mississippi, that, <laughs> is uh, they used to make the flexible flyers. Like yeah. it, it never yeah. snows yeah. here, yeah. but... We That's had a flexible a good place flyer to make, plant yeah.
3: in town, a big We're one too. In, yeah. yeah, for a long time. Toxie, you remember that? Oh yeah, of course. You remember that? I don't remember that.
4: How do you not remember well, that? Well,
3: I hadn't lived here all a <coughs> while. I, I remember it.
4: Lived Blazine, here quite a while. Blazon flexible yeah. flyer. Flexible you know that multiple bay huge building down here that says flexible flyer that flyers, you always want to. Does <laughs> it still say flexible? Put flex- seed in. Well, yeah. it's been it's been abandoned for like yeah. ten or fifteen years or more. I knew of it. I had. Oh, okay. You're just playing dumb. Okay. I I don't play dumb. Oh, you just are dumb? Very well. (laughs) So there's one other thing
3: before we get down, uh, a little business that we've got to take care of. The Outdoor Channel asks us to – you know, there's a lot of people that may not have cable now, but there is an app, and I've actually got it because I've – don't have cable like I used to, but it's called Friendly, t- friendly TV. Friendly so TV. So you can get the outdoor channel and the sportsman's channel at $6 a month, six ninety nine a month, I think. So prior to our <laughs> show coming on third quarter, I, downla- I downloaded the app, put it on my, our television. It's unbelievable. But listen to this. I can watch the Rockford Files. I love the Rockford Files. But let me tell you why this is perfect what, for us. What is us. the Rockford Files? So... Toxie. It's He's got so the excited. history y- channel.
4: Y'all can't see him. He's so excited.
3: Magnum P.I. all those old shows yep.
4: are yep. on here. Yep.
3: Lanny's Skinwalker Ranch. Is that's a show you would watch conspiracy theories. No, uh, you would yeah, like that. Yeah, Magnum Mac. would be worth it just for the Magnum P.I. Mac. There's a show called Sorority Secrets. You would love that show. Oh no, Bobby would
4: love that show. <laughs> Bobby Dudley, would love the that
3: Golden show. Girls. The Golden,
4: golden Girls.
3: Friends. Friends. Now, I, I do like the Golden Girls. So, I'm gonna have
4: to go so, and tell you. So
3: you just got for $6.99, you get the outdoor channel, but then you get all these other great Wait a minute.
4: Shows. What the, the clincher would be. Do they have Bonanza? They do. And Gunsmoke and Wagon train. Okay. Mm. I'm gonna wow. Da- I'm going to download they it. I'm doing it, too. If you got Bonanza, I'm in. <laughs> Mac, seriously,
3: though, they have MeTV and Saturday Morning Cartoons for Wilkes. That's pretty good. Yeah.
0: You know, the Rockford Files came out in 1974. Just... That it's day, one of my, my favorite, favorite televisions.
1: What's it that's about? Jim, R- he's a that's private a, that's, investigator. That's
4: offensive, Mac. To act like that's a long time ago to someone my age. <laughs> that was more towards Bobby. <laughs> yeah, I loved that
3: show. So, uh, Rich, yeah, looking at you. Uh, you know, there's a lot on there that you would enjoy as well.
1: Yeah,
5: I think so. Yeah. Do they
1: have any tractor body basic? i some, some DIYs, yeah. you know, tractor, you know, yeah. Make tractor some body repair. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have. You did bring the LS back. I did, yes. Yeah, okay,
5: good. Yes, it is in the shop.
1: In the shop.
4: I was afraid of that.
3: All right, so turning our attention through the magic of the internet, we have a young man named Andy Orlando. He's got a cool job. Can we hit the horns for him? Yeah. Uh, so, so we learned about him through this, The Richie and some and some others were explaining when we did the- Cannon that the, the, the helicopter Yeah, surveys, with, yeah pronghorns off. this guy was uh the, i don't know how to describe you other than a cowboy wrangler that you jump off the helicopter <laughs> but he had caught ten thousand critters that's a lot that is a lot and we wanted to talk to you about that mm-hmm. andy here i am <laughs> how yes, in sir. the world do you what what led you to be and first off
6: kind of describe what what do you call yourself i'm a net gunner so i work for a uh, private helicopter company specializes in wildlife capture and um yeah that's my job i'm a net gunner i sit in the front seat of the helicopter and fly over their backs get about 15 feet off their backs and i shoot a net um do either 12 by 12 or 15 by 15 foot nets and get them tangled up and hop out of the helicopter wrestle them out of the net hobble them up and process them whatever the biologists need done Hmm. yeah, just all winter long, pretty much starting in October, go all the way through mid-March into March. There's one project after the next, seven days a week. Any day we can fly, we're flying.
4: Wow. So wow. add one more guy to the doseki commercial. Yeah, yeah uh, that's cool. I thought I had a cool that, job. That is yeah. the most interesting man yeah. story there. Yeah, well,
3: So what
6: all kind of critters <laughs> have you caught? Oh, it'd be easier to list what I haven't caught, but anything that runs, we chase it. Um, mostly mule deer. Um, some white tails, a lot of elk, mountain goats, bighorn sheep, um, pronghorn, you name it. Anything in the West, we catch it. Hmm. Um, so uh, So it... haven't got my hand on many mountain lions. Oh, that's was... a mountain lion, babe, babies out of, pulled some babies out of dens. Um, so part of my other job too, I do that in the winter. That's my wintertime gig and I work for different state agencies, mostly Colorado through the summer. So I get to get hands on with a lot
1: of different critters that way too. So, wow so much of your work is with agencies and biologists.
6: Yeah. Um, my main gig, like I said, is with the private company, but that's all, um, contracted by state agencies. So I'm working for state agencies, but me and myself, I'm with a private company.
1: Cool. So how'd
6: you yep. get into? They, they kinda, <laughs> well, I got a degree in wildlife biology. Um, since I've been a kid, I just, I've always had it in me. I wanted to chase every animal I've ever seen, you know, so it's just ingrained in me. Um, but, yeah, I got a degree in wildlife biology, and I started working wildlife tech jobs all over the West, um, caught elk in Wyoming, um, tracked them through the summer, did a uh, black bear job in New Mexico, worked a wolf job in Idaho and in Yellowstone. And then um, I finally started getting some actual hands-on and catching whitetails just on the ground, drop nets, and I was um, darting out of tree stands, so we'd put corn pile out and I'd sit up there at night with a little thermal scope and, and dart them. And um, it's just like hunting. It was, it was awesome. It's one of my favorite gigs. But I started to realize that I didn't want to be a biologist. So one thing led to another. And we're sitting around a campfires, walking on a moose project in Colorado, sitting around a campfire and a bunch of guys around. And I was saying that, you know, that's just what I want to do. I want to have hands on with animals and catch animals. And they said, well, if you just want to catch animals, you should be a mugger. And I said, a mugger? What's a mugger? Never even heard of it before. I didn't even know helicopter capture was a thing, really. And so they started describing to me what a mugger was. And mugger's the guy that sits behind the net gunner in the helicopter. And so the net gunner will net one and then the mugger will hop out and that's all the mugger does just process animals all day. And so we kind of leapfrog the gunner will shoot one, the mugger will hop out, process that animal. Then the gunner, which I am now will go shoot another one and I'll hop out and process him. And then we'll go back, pick up the mugger. And But anyway, yeah, we're sitting around the campfire and learned about a mugger and what, what a mugger does. And I was like, that sounds pretty awesome. And so <laughs> the biologist I was working for said, that, well, if you want to be a mugger, um, you need to talk to these people. They've been catching moose for me and I know them pretty well. And so she put a word in for me and I started pestering them and it took me about eight months of pestering them before I finally got on with them. But they called me, I was on a mule deer hunt in Wyoming and they called me and said, can you be in Vegas next week? Catch desert bighorn sheep. And I said, I'll be there.
1: Wow. So wow. I've
6: been doing, been doing it since. That's cool. That it, it, it
4: sounds beyond, dangerous. Beyond cool.
6: Well, yeah. He's hanging yeah, out of a helicopter. A little, <laughs> that's, that's why they contract the private companies because it is dangerous. So, none of the states will do it for themselves anymore. There's very very few states. Alaska does their own. Idaho will do some of their easier jobs and so will Arizona, but other than that, every state contracts it out because it's just too much of a liability to have their own employees up there. Yeah. So, that provides the opportunity for me anyway. I
2: guess it's safe to say you're not afraid of
6: heights.
1: <laughs>
6: <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of weird when I'm in a helicopter, you just you can't even think about it. I get over it. You know, I'm hanging out. I'm staying on the skid, hanging out. doesn't bother me at all. But about two years ago, I was floating the river back home with my family and went to jump off. It's just a 15-foot little ledge into the water, and I just could not make myself do it. I think I'm just <laughs> so used to trying not to fall. You know, I used to be able to jump off anything, no problem. But I'm, I'm so used to being in the mountains wrestling sheep on a cliff face or something, trying to hang on and not to fall, that that's just so in my head that I couldn't get myself to jump off that of the river. Commit. That makes sense. <laughs> and I, I couldn't do
1: it. 100%. Yeah.
2: So well, where, where'd you grow up and and where'd you go to school to
6: become a wildlife yeah. biologist? Grew up in Missouri. Um, so we'll grew park. up in the nineties. Um, just outside of St. Louis, but we have a family farm kind of dead center in the middle of the state, just Northern end of the Ozarks. So um, yeah, I grew up there chasing turkeys. I started chasing turkeys when I was way too young. I was six years old, chasing with a pellet gun.
1: <laughs> nice and
6: it just took off from there it got in my blood that was the 90s you know the heyday of missouri's turkey population mm-hmm. probably the best there's ever been anywhere and um that, that got in my blood from a young young age and so that kind of what fired it all up and started it all for me um yeah so went through high school and i all i did was hunt every weekend and out there chasing animals and i decided i wanted to be a wildlife biologist just because wildlife was in the name so i went to school in missouri state um in springfield missouri and got a Degree in wildlife biology there. And then yeah, it just all started snowballing from there. Just worked a long list of tech jobs till I finally landed in this position.
2: Nice.
3: Can you tell us about that first time you flew in the helicopter, the first time you jumped out and mugged something? I assume it was a bighorn, if that was uh, where you started.
6: Yeah, it was it was desert bighorn just outside of Vegas. And um, yeah, just I remember lifting off the first time. You know, we don't have any doors on the helicopter, so it was my first time ever in a helicopter, too. <laughs> and we pick up, and it was just almost surreal, you know, just lifting straight up and taking off. And it was it was just like a surreal moment. Then we get out there, and we um we go to capture, and it was like we we're moving at super fast speed and slow motion at the same time. We're we're parallel on the sheep, and I don't even know what to expect out there, you know. But we get on the sheep, and we're paralleling it. We're above it on the hillside, and we always try to move them to a safe spot, you know. But I don't know what we're doing at the time, and we're just right above it, paralleling it, and the sheep's right out my door, and. A sheep running through sheep country is just amazing to see anyway, but we're paralleling it and this thing's just flowing like mercury over the landscape and we're paralleling it. And it's like, we're moving 300 miles an hour and at slow motion at the same time. It's, it was hard to describe, but that was, that was my first ever animal capture. We pushed it down on this flat and that it. it. was just a U bighorn, but it was, it was incredible. And that was nine years ago now. So when you're the new guy, do you have to worry about them pulling pranks on you or anything? <laughs> yeah, I probably should, but it wasn't too bad. I was with a pretty good crew to start off with there, and some guys were decent to me. You probably have to be pretty
2: serious when you're, yeah, in a situation a like helicopter. Like I don't, counter, I man. don't think playing jokes yeah. on each other is part of the game. But so <laughs> I, I don't assume, know <laughs>
1: if you were in the
2: helicopter, it would be a
6: different story.
1: Oh yeah. So I assume are you are you tethered in? Or are you attached to, with a harness?
6: Yep. Yep. I got a, a lap belt that goes across me with carabiner hooks in mm-hmm. over there. So you know when we net them shoot pretty quick. And then we flare up, come back around and get back down on them. And it's, you know, maybe five seconds, seven seconds by the time the net hits until the time we get back on them. And so I have to be pretty quick getting out of the ship. So Mm -hmm. I'll just unbuckle quick and I'll kind of be out on the skid as we're coming in
1: and then we get low.
6: We don't really have to, don't have to jump much. He gets pretty low. It's just a step off normally,
1: but step off and then run over to the animal. Of all the animals you handled, what would be, I guess, the hardest or the toughest one to handle? The hardest? Probably elk.
6: Mm -hmm. they're they're just the right combination of strong and i don't want to say mean but they fight um and i'd say eight out of ten are are pretty good they're sweethearts but you get the two out of ten that want to fight you and they're just strong enough you can't really control them we put two guys on an elk when we're catching them so one guy gets on the head and holds the head down and then i get on the back and i fish that back leg out of the net and hobble them back and front legs together and but they're they're strong enough you can't if an elk tries to kick it's it's I hard bet. to hold on to. You can't really hold on to an uh, elk kicking
1: leg. So you're not tranquilized so, them after you get down there.
6: Uh, sometimes we will. It depends on the project. So a lot of times we'll just work stuff up right there on the spot. Um, we'll do it ourselves, but then sometimes we'll bag them up and mm-hmm. sticking an elk in a little bag is about as hard as it sounds too. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we'll uh, we'll hobble them up, put a blindfold on and roll them into a bag, tie the bag up and then hook it to the bottom of the helicopter and send it back. And if they're doing like, ultrasounds or some, some sort of testing that we can't do right there on the spot is when we'll do that. But, um, it's a lot of times when we do that right before we send them, we'll give them just a mild sedation Hmm. just so that by the time that they're getting to the workup area, um, they're kind of chilling out a little bit and easier for them to handle. And then sometimes we'll dart elk too, especially with elk, bull elk or, or wolves. Um, those are my two favorite things to catch, but then, you know, we just dart them and we sit there, hover around, wait for them to go down. By five minutes, they lay down and it's just a piece of cake. And you walk up and they're laying there sleeping and you work them up and it's it's about as good as it gets to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, netting them most of the time we net them, we get down, we hobble them up, and we just work them up right there, and then we unhobble them, and they run off.
2: I mean, you're you're not only doing a really cool job, you know, most of the time you've got amazing
6: scenery all around you. You know, you're you're seeing mountains, oh, and yeah. desert. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah. Everywhere we go is just is gorgeous nonstop. And I'm always dropping pins and scouting too.
1: <laughs> oh, I bet that? you are. <laughs> yeah. I know where one is. <laughs>
6: Andy, did you just say that you, you had darted wolves? Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things to catch. Oh,
3: wow. I, I, that's, I imagine walking up on a wolf is a is pretty intense. Dances
4: with oh, wolves. Oh, my God. Literally yeah. dances with wolves.
6: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my first one was a surreal experience too. So darting from the helicopter and the drug we use just to immobilize them. It doesn't really knock them all the way out, just immobilize them. It was starting to get a little wobbly, but it wasn't going down, wasn't going down. It got down into this timber. And like I said, this is my first wolf. So it was, it was a pretty different experience already, but, um, got down in this timber and we couldn't get out of the timber. We couldn't get no shot on or anything. So um, he dropped me off, the pilot dropped me off at the top of this avalanche chute. I'm coming down this avalanche chute with snowshoes, with the dark gun in my hand, going to sneak in, and he got below it so the wolf wouldn't run out below me out of this patch of timber, and he was able to start pushing the wolf up, and he gets on the radio, my pilot gets on the radio, so it says, he's coming at you, he's coming at you, so I just get down in this avalanche chute, and this wolf comes up, and he's coming through the timber, I'm trying to get a shot as he's coming across, and um, all of a sudden, he gets just parallel with me, turns and starts coming straight at me, I shot him at like 10 10- feet, I'm on the ground he was coming straight down the chest. And then he dart always acts real fast because I've already got a dose in him. But that second dart hit him and he just staggered off across the avalanche, shooting, went down right there. And that was my first one. And then, yeah, like you guys said, walking up on a wolf that's just laying there after you just dart him, a live wolf, is it's about as apex as it gets. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, pretty gnarly. Man,
1: I, I'm just yeah. Are you there, jealous? By yeah, me? I am. I think I can how, see you're kind
3: of green. green over there. Can there be?
4: Uh, uh, Andy, are well, there? F- yeah, it's probably more than there are people like him to do them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. My dad would say that's a rare cat, son. Yeah.
1: <laughs> are there? Are there a half a
3: dozen guys like you in the United States that do this or
6: more? Uh, probably, probably a few more. Um There's about four or five big companies that you know specialize in the wildlife capture we're the biggest most other crews have one helicopter running sometimes we'll have three most of the times we have two crews running hey but, hey have yeah, you we, ever done here's,
4: here's one that warms my heart i hate to sound cold-blooded about it but have you ever done uh like pig annihilation <laughs> <laughs> no
6: i haven't
4: no. they do have contractors that do it i know in, at least in alabama because they've called before and wanted to know if they could have permission but they're paid sure. by the state to depredate. Yeah,
6: I think Texas Wild does holes. too. Yep. Yeah, Texas does a lot of it. From what it you're saying, you'd Texas, be really,
4: but- you'd be really good at it. It sounds like I would.
6: I bet I'd be good at it. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, and that's not a we dark. Some- that's
4: not a dark gun. We shoot at those. Yeah. No.
3: So Andy, uh, I, I'm looking over here. You met Richie. He was there filming the pronghorn yep. show. And uh, Richie, what, what? Yep. You've got something you want to? Add. Yeah, so
5: uh, there's a few things talking about. You know, so yeah, I had the pleasure of meeting you on the on the pronghorn pr- project, but we've had opportunities to work on other projects where we uh, they catch um netting white tails at helicopters. Mm-hmm. And so, can you talk about the difference between, as you were mentioning, bagging, you know, bagging the elk or bagging white tail, but the difference between pronghorn and like white tail and you, bagging them up, but not bagging pronghorn up?
6: Sure. Yeah, every, every project's different. Every species is different. So it just depends on what that particular biologist wants. You know, we go from biologist to biologist to biologist all winter. So um, for that pronghorn project in particular, we didn't need to bag them up. Pronghorn are really high-stressed, so it's, it's important for them to be worked up quick and get them gone as quick as possible. So we hardly ever will bag a pronghorn up unless we're going to translocate them or something like that, if a state's, you know, sending them from, you know, one part of the state to the other, a different state. Um, then we'll bag them up, but we'll normally give them a sedative or something. But on that Oklahoma project, yeah, the important thing was getting that collar on, getting some blood and getting them gone. So, um, trying to do it as fast as possible and there's no faster way to do it than us just getting them out of the net, working them up and letting them go. So, um, a whitetail does a little bit better. They, they still are a high, strong animal, way more than mule deer. Um, so white tail is important to get it worked up and get out quick. Mule deer will do a little bit better. They just don't have as much fight in them they're not as aggressive by nature so yeah that's the main difference is there um with the pronghorn we use a little different uh capture technique because they they move they run so fast you know 55 miles an hour they're flat out and they're running for their lives when we're on with the helicopter so we either have to try to get them running up the hill or we'll try to get in front of them kind of slide in front of them and come and then I'm sitting up there just waiting on them to make a move. You know, I'm waiting on them to put the brakes on or try to juke and cut underneath this or something. So we try to catch them when they're not running flat out because, as you can imagine, running 55 miles an hour, they have to be light bone to move that fast anyway. So they're pretty fragile. And then that net hits them and they tumble and they're easy to break. And no. that's one of the most important things, too, <clears throat> is the animal welfare. So we really try to take care of them.
4: So the um, I know a lot of this is just – hand-eye coordination, just like whatever, shooting birds or whatever. If the helicopter is going the exact same speed as the animal, does it make it easier? Do you just aim pretty much at the front of the animal, or do you have to gauge if they're taking off faster than you or you're going faster than them? I mean, how does that work as far as it changes your, your aim?
6: There is a lot of angles of play, and you're right. If if our speed's match an animal speed, or we're just barely creeping up on them, catching up on them, running the straight line behind them, that's the easiest shot we get. Um, and we'll we'll take a lot of shots that are crossing shots where they're coming from. So I'm on the right side of the helicopter. So if they're coming from the left side, cross the bubble in front. We'll take a lot of shots like that, and it's actually a pretty good shot. But there's a lot of angles of play because. As the helicopter's moving forward, when the net takes off, it's moving at the same speed of the helicopter. So I have to shoot low. I have to aim low as it's coming across the front of the helicopter. And then I have to aim in front of it where it's going to be to lead it a little bit. So when it's coming across in front of us, I have to aim low and in front. And that's just one example. I mean, every different angle that the animal's moving is, is a different compensation. And you don't have time to think about it. As you can imagine, it's it's probably like hitting an MLB fastball. You don't have time to think about it; you just have right, to react to right. it.
1: It's got to be instinctive. There's not sights on the thing, are there? yeah, it? yeah. No, it's not. It's just a. It's a big canister.
6: You know, it's probably eight inch by eight inch canister. So when you're when you're aiming it, you're pretty much covering up the whole area you want to hit. So you really can't even see. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, so is
6: is the can's
2: covering up? Is this like a modified like gun, or is it? I got hard, one to yeah, hold up right
1: here. Specifically made. A, yeah, check it out. It's cool. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> it's a TC three Oh eight pistol.
6: So, um, what TC encore Yeah. yeah. Wow. and pistol.
1: Yeah. This yep, one's a pistol It's, grip a, yeah, it
6: right it's got a 12 inch, 12 inch barrel on it. And then we got a quick disconnect on the end of it. And the quick disconnect will clamp onto these cans I'm talking about. And so what it does is it's got a chamber on it. It distributes the pressure. So we shoot blanks out of it. It distributes the pressure from the blanks into four different barrels. And then the net has a weight on each corner and so the net goes in the canister, and then each of those weights will go in a corner of the barrel. So then, when the the blank goes off, the pressure's distributed through that chamber into the four barrels, and it pushes the net out all at the same time.
1: I'm watching a video of one now. We, so, need, we need one of these, Bobby.
6: Well, when
3: you're learning to do this, I, I, I assume that if you miss, <laughs> then you, you know, y'all got to turn, fly back around, and go pick up the net. I, I imagine yep. there's
6: some choice words spoken to you if you, if you miss a few times. <laughs> yeah miss misses happen for sure every day, but yeah, um, it just takes repetition to get good at it, you know it's uh it's not something I don't think anybody's gonna be good at right off the bat. You know the easy shots are easy for anybody, but then once you start getting those angles at play, it just takes repetition before you start getting it down, and then before you know it, you, you're not even thinking about it. you see it coming from this way or this way, and you know that the shot's gonna be there, and you need to lead it, and you just don't even have to think about it. It starts coming natural, but that takes you know thousands of shots before you get to that point. Mm. So and how he,
1: many did you miss before you, or did you hit your Did you catch the first one you shot at?
6: Uh, I think I missed the first one and then, and then I caught the next one. And then, you know, just started getting better and better the first day. I think by the end of the first day, I was probably six out of 10. Hey, I'll like take that. that all day.
2: We could probably use one a, of those net guns. I've to, got one in on order. Real it's right yeah. yeah,
4: I'm going to give dibs to your driver. Because I know if you have a great driver, it makes the shooting. I can just Absolutely. see you know you're talking about missing, but if Bobby, you know if if he wasn't comfortable with the shot, he just holds off, and then the guy Pat makes another pass, another pass, and I'm sure if it's stuff in more open country, it makes it takes a little pressure off, and you can wait for a better shot yep. and. Exactly being, being and that's, rushed. That's what they did. They, that's when Bobby misses they all those turkeys when he gets rushed mm, for sure. <laughs>
6: And that's what they did too. They started me in northwest Colorado, wide open country. Right. So, yeah. it takes a lot of the pressure off and like you said, if the shot's not there, you turn around and try it again. So, mm-hmm. yep. Mac, you look and, like you have got a question.
0: I'm just curious about how your job interview went for this one. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, this is a funny one actually. So, like I said, I pestered them for months and months and um finally they got a hold of me. There's kind of hard to get a hold of. They live up in Alaska and they they fish steelhead and hunt blacktail and doll sheep all summer. And um, so they're hard to get a hold of anyway. And then finally they, they recognized that they needed me. So they finally got a hold of me and asked if I could be there in Vegas and whatever. But my, my actual interview was an email. She said, I don't know if I should be saying this or not, get them in trouble. She said, how much do you weigh? How tall are you? Are you in good health, and are you single? There you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
6: just, you might make those, it. I guess I questions. answered all the questions
4: right. I don't see anything wrong with that. They're no, just, no, they're just questions. That's right. Right.
6: Yeah. <laughs>
3: that <that's laughs> yeah. that sounds like when you were uh, back before you were married and you were dating. That sounds
6: like some questions you probably would yeah.
0: ask. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> are you shooting open sights out of the helicopter?
6: There's on the uh, on the dart guns. Yeah. Yeah, on, on a dark gun, I'll shoot an open sight most of the time. I do like a red dot on there, but you can't get much more reliable in the open sights. The only thing that I don't really like about the open sights, I like to shoot with both eyes open, especially in the helicopter so you can see what's coming, you know, because everything's moving so fast. Um, it's hard to keep everything lined up with the open sights for me just because everything is moving so fast and I get my left eye involved. So I like to shoot a red dot, but um, most of the time it's open sights.
0: that that makes sense what's a cool project like a relocation project or something that you really walked away and you're like man this is why i do do what i do
6: well there's there's a lot of them um the wolf project so a couple years ago a few years ago now i guess i caught the first ever wolf in colorado so that was a cool one yeah just just standing there over him just it was just a surreal moment there too you know just thinking This is as cool as it gets. Um, I caught some caribou up in the Brooks Range in in the Arctic Circle in Alaska. And that was a surreal moment, too. Just, you know, being up there for one, but then getting to put hands on caribou. There's such a cool animal. Um, Sheep, almost all the sheep projects are cool just because sheep live in the awesomest places on Earth, you know, to begin with and everywhere we go to catch sheep is just always fun and they're such a docile animal and they're just they're fun to handle so yeah there's there's been a couple in montana that have just been lifetime experiences we got to catch them on um flathead lake there's a there's an island out there called wild horse island and they kind of use that as their source population they keep it disease free and clean and they can use as their source population so there's these giant rams it's i don't know if you guys saw it but Oh, six seven years ago, that's where the world record deadhead was found. It's like 226 inches or something. It's mm-hmm. a massive, massive animal. So we see some some giant sheep when we're out there catching those, and that's always a pretty epic experience. Wow.
3: You know, you know. Uh, speaking of sheep, uh, and Andy, you can help shed some light on this. But when you read about the old, like when Lewis and Clark went through. Yeah. Back in the day, I don't remember the what back year the was day. that. Well, that was back, a long time way back, ago. Way back, back then. when you were a <laughs> child. But they talk about seeing <laughs> sheep, like these wild sheep, like what you're talking about them being yep. low, and being yep. grazers and out there and it, yep. it, out there in the plains. It, yeah, the plains animal. Yeah. That's that's yeah.
6: been we, things have really changed, well, haven't they? Well,
1: I think elk was a have. plains animal too. It was, yeah. Mm-hmm.
6: We'll still see them um, like in the Missouri River breaks in Montana. You know, you come up out of the breaks and it's plains as far as you can see there, and they'll be out there in the plains. And then different places we go, you'll still see that, but it's it's pretty rare to see it anymore. Most of the time they're in your traditional what we think of a sheep country, you know, on the on the mountaintops up on the alpines where you catch most of them. But yeah, once in a while we will still get to see them in the plains like that. It's pretty cool. Hmm. In the Badlands in South Dakota, we caught them there last winter. And um, that's an awesome place to catch, too. It's just – I don't know if you guys have been to the Badlands, but it's it's spectacular scenery just everywhere you look. And then the, the sheep just everywhere out there. And um, But it's just surrounded by plains. So get them off the, the Badlands and off the brakes, and then push them out in the plains and catch them. And it's, it's a pretty cool one.
4: Man. So, so what's the most common uh, attachment that you put on them? Is it now GPS, everything? Yeah. Where there's an ear tag yeah. GPS, a collar GPS – is everything GPS pretty much collars, a GPS these days.
6: It's going that way. Some projects will still use some VHF here and there, but you just you just can't get the data off the VHF that you can the right, GPS. Right.
4: Rob was just going to say are you capturing things uh, putting a collar or whatever a GPS GPS indicator on them and then recapt going after and having to search down specific ones to recapture and get more data? Do you ever do that?
6: Sometimes we will. It depends on the project. Some projects don't want to track the same individual throughout his life. So sometimes we will, but most of the time we're, we're focusing on new individuals, right? Um, a lot of these GPS collars will last a few years now. So once you get them on the landscape, they just like to leave them out for a few years anyhow. And then once they quit working, most of them have a blow off mechanism. So when it gets low battery or they can time it, say, okay, this battery is supposed to last three years So in two and a half years, we're going to drop it. So they can they can blow that collar off the animal and then go pick it up and refurbish it, put a new battery in it. So hmm.
5: the one thing we keep keep hitting, he keeps throwing out here is winter. You know he's hanging out on the side of a helicopter. I you know what he's winter. doing
1: in the spring. I can see what's behind. Yeah, it.
5: <laughs> <laughs> but I just realized you know the, when we when we met him on the pronghorn uh, project, the first day we weren't able they weren't able to fly because it was a whiteout.
1: Oh, was that cold? Yeah, it was no because a, a blizzard came in.
4: Was oh, that when Owen had
1: his sandals yeah. on? Yeah. No, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
4: well, certain, I'm sure a certain miles per hour is a no go. You know, they don't, certain wind. I mean, you don't fly it starts
6: Normally, when it starts getting up to about 25 knots. Yeah. And it depends on the country, too. If it's open, open country and flat terrain, that Oklahoma project, that's like tropical, tropical vacation for me. I always look forward to that Oklahoma project. I know it was cold that first day when you were there, Richie, but yeah, I always look forward to going down there because it is nice compared to Montana and Idaho and Colorado in February. It wasn't just
5: cold that first day for me. It was cold that whole yeah. trip for me.
6: <laughs>
3: so, Andy, uh, based on the kind of following up to what Mac asked you there, is there one story that kind of stands out in your mind Is something that you you remember that should
6: be worth telling us? Uh, yeah, I got a couple for you. So one one isn't a helicopter story. I can still tell it for you if you want. Okay, sure. Probably, probably my favorite helicopter story. We were darting um, moose on Isle Royale. I'm just off the shore in Minnesota there. And um, one thing was cool that, so it's one of the longest running wildlife research projects and they're looking at um, the predator prey relationship between moose and the gray wolves up there. And nobody had ever collared a moose before. So I got to be the first person to put hands on a moose on that project. So that was pretty cool. But we're up there and we're collaring moose and everything's going pretty smooth. And we finish this one side of the island, fly over to the other side of the island we stopped back by the, the headquarters and we always have, whenever we're using drugs like that and darting, we have a vet on staff, you know, and so was the, I think it was a Minnesota state vet was there. And she loads me up some new darts and we go out and we dart one and it went fine. Everything went fine. We dart another one and wait five, 10 minutes and it's not showing any signs. Normally they had been going down. So get over top of her, stick another dart in her. Nothing happens. Five, 10 minutes go by, stick another dart in her. And then finally she starts getting a little woozy and well, these, these darts were loaded with um, a tranquilizer and a sedative like a muscle relaxer. And so she finally starts getting a little woozy. She goes up and she lays down in this little opening on this Hill. We come in and we tow in and me and the vet get out and I can tell she's still, she's still with it. You know, she's got her ears pinned back and she's kind of side-eyeing us out out the back of her corner of her eye there. And she's looking at us and start moving up on her. And you could tell she's getting more and more nervous as we're getting closer and closer. And um, the snow's deep. The snow's like belly button deep on me and we're getting closer and closer. And I kind of reach up and touch her and I could tell she lunges forward a little bit, but she's pretty well, pretty well out of it. Lunge all at once and get on her back and I'm holding her down and she feels like she's pretty well out. You know, I feel like I got her under control. I get a blindfold on her. Flip the blindfold shut and the vet comes walking over and the vet's wearing like ski pants, you know, like swishy noise when she's walking, she's coming over, she's getting closer and closer and his moose is starting to rock back and forth. And finally, it rocks enough and it gets his back legs under it. So now it's back legs are under it. I'm on his back and it's like sloped down. You know, I'm, I've got my arms wrapped around his <laughs> neck. I'm just holding it there. And I'm starting to laugh because I know that the thing's getting ready to get up. And she comes over and she's trying to hand me the collar and I'm holding onto its neck, getting ready to fall off of its neck. And I was like, I can't take the collar. And she's laughing. I'm laughing. I said, if this thing takes off, you better get a picture of it. And no sooner <laughs> do I say it, here we go. We're heading down the hill and we have um, a, two spotter planes flying us. One's an old boy. He's been flying forever. He's an Alaskan bush pilot. And yeah, I think he was 85 years old or something at the time, but just cool guys. You can imagine, uh, and um, I'm riding this moose down the hill. I got two fistfuls of mane. I'm trying to get the blindfold off because she's blindfolded. She can't see where she's going. And I'm riding her down the hill. And I hear, I hear this spotter plane pilot tell my helicopter pilot, go, you better get up here. Your boy's riding her down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So riding her down the hill. And I look and here comes a drop off, you know, so I'm trying to get this Uh blindfold off as fast as I can. I can't do it. And she's heading right for this drop off. So I bail right at the last second. I fall off. and Like I said, it's deep snow. So I'm trying to struggle my way out of the snow. I get up. I walk over to the cliff edge and she's laying there at the bottom of the cliff edge. I say cliff is probably 15 foot but she had gone completely upside down and all I could see is her feet sticking up, just all four feet kicking. She's completely upside down. I stood there and just kind of played at every choice I've ever made in life for a second and and made my way down there, dug her head out so she could breathe, got that blindfold off and dug her out the whole time. I'm trying to dodge her kicking feet up top, but dug her out, pulled those darts out as fast as I could and then rolled her up and she just took off. And so come to find out what happened was the, the vet had mistaken the bottle of Actual drug, the tranquilizer for the reversal that we give them when we're done. Oh, and so once you get one one shot of reversal in them, no no amount of tranquilizer is going to work because the reversal is just going to cancel them out. But it was just the the added muscle relaxer that was in there that had her loopy. But she (laughs) she got not loopy as soon as I got on her back. I guess. Oh my gosh, that's cool. That that is. I would
2: have had to play a joke on the the doctor (laughs) for sure. Something you know, get get them back for something.
3: Wow. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. You said you might have two stories. That was so good. I'd love to hear another one. <laughs>
6: <laughs> All right. So this one, um, this wasn't a helicopter job, but one of my favorite jobs I've ever worked is up on Kodiak Island. Um, this is back in 2015. And I was working on a, a brown bear and salmon escapement project. So we were quantifying the, the brown bear use of these, these salmon streams as the salmon were coming up. And one of the parts of the project, we would sit, we called it the hill camp. We would hike from our base camp and we're like 80 miles outside of town. I lived out there all summer for six months. It was it just an incredible adventure the whole time. But um, we would hike from our base camp all the way up to this this point, And from this point, it sat about 800, 900 foot above the river. And the river would span about four miles and then dump into this lake. So you can see the entire span of river. Part of our protocol was to stay, you know, a mile off the, the stream, come into this little opening. It's... I uh, thirty foot by thirty foot opening, and it's about six foot tall, willows and alders all around. And all of a sudden, I hear it sounded like I've been around a lot of bears, and I've had a lot of bear encounters and experiences, but this one sounded like a cheesy out of the movies roar that I've never heard before. And um I had a girl with me named Shelby, and i I stopped and you know, obviously knew it was a bear roaring at us. And I stopped and looked, and I heard it again, and all of a sudden she come busting out of the alders about a hundred yards uphill from us on a full sprint straight at us as fast as she could. And, um, instantly I was like, you know, Hey bear, Hey bear yelling at her. And I said, Shelby, she's coming get the bear spray. She had Shelby had a bear spray and I had a 12 gauge. So I started backing up to get Shelby by my side. Mm-hmm. So we look bigger and Shelby can spray her. And as I do, there's these grass hummocks up there, you know, everywhere you step is there's nothing level on Kodiak. It's like a two foot grass. i like, I tripped over it. So I fell down, got on my knees, popped back up and I'm wearing a, a pack too. You know, we're packing our whole camp up there. Got 40 pounds on my back. <clears throat> I pop up and by the time I pop up, she's already at 30 yards and she is coming. And she's just coming through these alders and willows. And every time she comes through one, I just see these big white claws, just swiping. Like she's just blindly swiping. And so I jacked a shell into the, into the 12 gauge and I drew a bead. And I wasn't, I couldn't shoot, you know, it was just a wall of willows in front of me. I couldn't shoot until she got into the the hole that we were in. And so I've got a bead drawn. And as soon as she comes into that wall of willows, I just touched one off. And um, she was running on such a straight line. I, I don't know how it happened, but I got lucky and I hit her right in the middle of the chest and she comes sliding to a stop. But went in, in the middle of her chest and, and broke her down, hit her spine and broke her down. She came sliding to a stop. I had to dr- jump out of the way. She actually landed like right where I was. I had to jack another shell and I shot her again in the neck. And she rolled down the hill and I shot her again a third time. Mm. And I stood there and I held the gun on her for, I don't know, it seemed like forever. but It was probably 15, 20 seconds to make sure she was dead. And then uh, I literally was in shock. I just dropped the gun and was just, I was shook, you know. And I looked back and Shelby was... Already sobbing, crying, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a That's pretty up. scary, si- pretty oh scary gosh. situation. Wow, we went and uh, we backed away. We got up on a high spot, and she had two, two, three-year-old cubs with her. You know, in their third summer, so they're they were big cubs too. We got up on a high spot where we can see everything around us, and you know, because bears will cannibalize, they smell that blood, and there's so many bears in that area. And um, we sat there, and we made, we called uh, the office on the sat phone, and. I talked to the director, and she's like, "Well, you need to salvage the hide and the paws and the the skull." And I was like, "I've got a dull pocket knife and one more slug. I'm I'm getting out of here. Send somebody else in with a sharper knife and some more bullets." (laughs) We went back to uh back to camp, and we sat there, and you know, Kodiak Island, just the weather's always unpredictable and it's always terrible. So we sat there for three days before they get somebody out in the float plane to us, and we um we went back in and. We took measurements of where I was standing and where the bear was and everything. She was eight feet when I shot her on a full dead run at eight feet when I shot that thing.
1: Mm. Wow. Mm. Mm. Mm.
4: That's closer mm. than from me to Bobby.
3: That may be the best story uh, anybody's
4: ever told on yeah. the podcast. Yeah, that, you know, that <laughs> reminds me of those
2: old, you know, field and stream, outdoor life.
4: Oh, things, yeah, the, the little illustrations. The yeah. This happened to me. Yeah, yeah that's, this that's happened to me. That's exactly that's what a, it
6: was. That's, That's a true story. Is on the the front page of the Kodiak newspaper the next day. 12, I was yeah. a I was working for the for the refuge. I was the first person to shoot one since like I think it was seventy eight or eighty two something like that. First person for the refuge to shoot one in self defense. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. um. And here's here's a crazy part of the story too. So. I'm not affiliated with Brennicki slugs whatsoever. never shot them before, never shot them after, but I'm a believer in them. The day before we were in a a 10 foot Zodiac boat and, you know, self bailing little raft with a little 10 horse motor on it. we were going up and down this Lake, checking our trail cams. And um, the the Lake was white capping, you know, and it was just unavoidable. The white caps were coming over the side of the boat and that shotgun was laying on the floor of the boat submerged. I mean, I was dumping water out of the barrel picking it up and dumping water out of the barrel and i I took all the shells out and dried them off best i could and everything but you never think you're gonna have to use that gun when you're up there but that was on the 4th of july i was dumping water out of the barrel and on the 5th of july is when that happened and all three of those slugs went off
1: Mm. and i'm so thankful
6: for breneke
3: yeah (laughs) (laughs) what an endorsement (laughs) they're way cooler (laughs) than any of us are (laughs) easily goodness gracious wow that was I don't know how we top that.
4: I was going to say, Bobby, where do where do you go from here? No, you know, I nowhere to go.
3: No, no,
5: Richie. The next
4: place to go is
5: Turkey Gun.
3: Well, it is the that's the one thing I want to ask. But (laughs) Richie, what a guest!
5: I know, I know. I was going to ask him about uh, you know any crazy experiences because uh, on the Whitetail uh, project we were on in Texas, one of the uh, the gunners actually got impaled by an antler, Mm. and I was going to ask. uh, Andy about any stories, but he kind of led off with that one right there. And that kind of topped anything. So
6: (laughs) I have been gored twice though. Yeah. Once in in a hand, I had a, I had a mule deer buck and it was early on in my career. So it's part of a learning curve. I know, I guess, but, um, just had the net in his antlers and he's running through this Aspen region. And every time he's coming past an aspen tree, the, the weight that's trailing behind him is wrapping around a tree. So it's, it's kind of pulling on his head and slowing him down. I'm catching up with him. So I finally catch up and I'm able to grab a hold of that net. And well, we catch all these mule deer in December in Colorado. That's when we catch most of the muleys. And so they're just coming off the rut, you know, they, they run a little later than whitetails. So they're just coming off the rut and these big bucks are still jacked up on testosterone. And I they think they're the kings of the mountain. And, um, so I grab the net and I just go to reel them back in. I pull on the net. And this son of a gun whips around, he looks at me, and he squares up with me and lowers his head and charges just like he would go to fight another buck, just lowers his head in just like three big strides. And all I could do was try to put my hands out and catch his rack. And I caught caught the main beam on his left side, but his right main beam, um, one of the times went right through the middle of my palm, mm. and he he got me. And I, I, kept, I had a hold of him. I kept a hold of him. I twisted his rack and got him down. I laid on him. But, um, the helicopter is still following me, you know, they didn't want to leave until they knew that I had them. And they thought that I got Gordon the guts and he put a couple holes in my jacket, but he didn't get, get into my rib cage at all. And, um, but yeah, my hand was so jacked up that I couldn't really use it. So I just laid there on them until they landed and came down and helped me hobble them up. But yeah, it went, it didn't go completely through, but it went far enough, went right in between my, my trigger finger and my middle finger bones right there in my palm Oh.
1: Well, I mean, what do you what do you say, yeah.
3: Andy? Do, do you have, do you get insurance through your employer? I was, I was thinking I mean, about insurance. They, I bet life insurance the, won't
6: touch you. They paid for the stitches and the antibiotics.
1: There you go. Oh my goodness!
3: I, you know, prior to you telling these last two stories, I bet there were lots of young men that were listening, young people <laughs> listening to this, that wanted to be a mugger. But uh, but you just made it sound really serious, yeah. right there. It's, it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> no doubt. Wow. So let me change the subject just a little bit. Toxie, uh, to he's a big turkey hunter. He's trying to kill saw, a that. turkey in all forty-nine wow. states. How many states have you knocked out?
1: Forty. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's pretty yeah, I'm,
6: good. I'm hoping to hoping to finish finish up eight this next spring, and then um, spring of 2025, I'm gonna go to Hawaii and trying to finish up in Hawaii.
1: Nice, nice, nice. That yeah. that that.
6: that that's, that's a lot of states, 40. It is. Yeah, you've
3: been making a lot of progress. Is there anything you need help with? One of our listeners might, might be listening to any state.
6: <laughs> Nevada. Nevada seems to be the, yeah. the missing piece of the puzzle.
4: Hmm. Um, they and- only give
6: out a, yeah. give out a couple talk- non-resident tags, yep. and then the landowner situation is getting hard to get a hold of, too. So,
1: Wow. Yeah, said That
3: was a rough one. Yeah. Well, I got faith in you. You sound like you're one of these guys that just makes things happen
6: i try to be the best wow. i can anyway wow yeah so one one thing that this helicopter job provides me is, is some free time and some uh a little bit of leeway to do what i want the rest of the year you know mid-march end of march we're finishing up with the helicopter gig so um make decent money all winter doing it like i said working seven days a week and work hard all winter long and i get to play all spring so just be the, fortunate to get to get to travel and hunt turkeys and just buy as many states as i can for a month and a half two months man yeah. that's tough that's a tough one
3: well if you get around uh <laughs> at mississippi or uh, alabama you need to hook us up we'd, we'd like to go yeah. turkey hunting with yeah, you yeah bobby and Lanny have Absolutely. a
2: good place to take you well i'm thinking you may have a
3: place yeah. and we'll go with you somewhere what about your place dudley i thought it was pretty good too
1: well, <laughs> no, no <comment>. I'll take <laughs> you to some public. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> so, a- Andy, yep. but look, this has been a lot of fun. We were supposed to start this off at the beginning. We were going to try to do uh, where Dudley asked you some questions to get to know you just a little bit better, and I totally forgot. It's my fault. <laughs> but, Dudley, you want to try to do that now? Yeah,
1: happy to. Rapid fire time. Yeah.
3: Delaney, who was this brought to you by?
1: fire buddies at Springfield Armory.
3: Yeah. Have you, uh, Andy, have you ever fired any Springfield Armory uh, Pistols or rifles? I don't believe I have. Well, you're missing out. Yeah. That's, uh, that probably would have made life in Alaska a lot easier if you'd had one. I
6: <laughs> well,
2: um, I do admit I was a little hungry when I wrote these questions, so uh, be prepared A lot of them going to be
1: food-related. Yeah.
2: yeah. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Uh, American or cheddar? American. Wheat or white? White. Milk, blue top or red top? Red top. Heath bar or Butterfinger? That's a tough one. Butterfinger. (laughs) White meat or dark meat? Uh, Dark meat. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Work hunt or hunt hunt? Ooh, I'm going to have to go hunt hunt. All right. Deer or turkey? (laughs) Turkey. Mule deer or whitetail? Whitetail. Duck hunt or goose hunt? Uh, duck fish to eat or fish for sport fish for sport helicopter movies apocalypse now or black
1: hawk down black hawk down nice good job <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, I, I think i fell right in with him 100 yeah, right. yeah yeah you i, I mean y'all.
2: you ain't, yeah we're a lot alike <laughs> no yeah doubt about
4: it. I was all the way to the fish for eat, fish for, yeah, cause I, definitely I, fish I knew Bobby's a trophy guy, yeah. so fish would be for a trophy for Bobby.
2: Well, you know, he's been out west a while, he's probably catching those trout that they don't want you to keep. They don't really the
4: taste that good. Yeah, they're, man, they're not
1: as good either. Yeah, they don't
4: taste as good. Fish, sure. Lanny's a fish for meat. I'm a
1: fish for, i everything for meat to eat. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, I'm a,
4: I'm a fish for. Oh,
1: good stuff. Well, Andy, I'd
3: say what you're you're like a a really interesting guy. I'm glad you had time to, and we got to learn a little bit about how you make a living. It just, it really sounds amazing. His courage,
4: his courage is admirable. So admirable. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah,
3: and 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 look, and and there's there's you know a team of guys. I'm sure that that. That you all work together, I can hear you. I can imagine you guys talking, and it's, it's such a team. But then these agencies that are doing this this work, the fact that they're that they the care work. enough that's and they're right. they're trying to improve things, it's it's just that's all very positive.
2: Yeah, I've mentioned it before, yeah. and and you know most of the folks we interview, uh, they've got a job that really makes a difference, and you're by far no exception. Oh to that. my gosh, no
4: yes. doubt
6: about it. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's conservation is a big thing to me. You know, I'm I'm a hunter at the core of me and um I realize that conservation is hunting and hunting is conservation. That's right. And like, I've I've dedicated my life to it. You know, it's it's important to me and it's how I feel I can make the best impact on conservation at this moment anyway. As long as my body holds up and I can keep doing it. There but, you go. Yeah I feel like
1: somebody's gotta do it and nobody better than me. That's you know, right. Who who does he remind you of? I, who is it? Jordan. Jordan. I was yeah. gonna say
4: Joe White. He sounds Joe White. Joe right? White. Yeah. Who grew up. Right or, down, or, right. or Pendergrass. Yeah, or Pendergrass. yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. did but get a Pendergrass. I got from. a Pendergrass. I kept thinking up. about Joe White. I did too. Mighty Joe White, by the way. And he grew up right down the street. Same, from. I think yeah. same place. Yeah, I sure right.
1: did. And I think Pendergrass did, too, didn't he? Yeah, he's from Missouri, too. Okay. Yeah, Missouri. How about that? Those Missouri turkey guys. His Y'all tep- kind of look the same, yeah. His temperament reminds yeah. me
2: of Jordan. He's kind of upbeat, oh, hyper.
1: Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, he ain't near as hyper as Jordan, cuz. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: look, Andy, well, there's one thing we want to have one more little bit of fun with you. Max got a trivia question mm-hmm. for you. And if you get this trivia question right, one of our listeners who left a review gets a prize. All
1: right. Who are we all playing for? All right, we're playing
0: for JW Brandon34, who left us a review, sort of and the prize is a moultrie feed station. Mm, oh yeah. Just, right.
1: in Just in time. Just th- in time. This question
0: should be right in your wheelhouse. What right. is the largest living land mammal in North America?
6: That's a moose. It's one of my favorite things to catch.
0: What do you think's a little bigger than a moose? In North America, yes, we did not mention it. I don't think, but if you've netted one of these things, it'd be might weigh the helicopter down. You tell me. The American bison.
1: Oh, I oh did I miss that
0: but moose was yeah. number two.
1: Yeah,
0: and then it's so I, it's I
6: actually haven't I haven't caught any bison to be honest with you.
4: It's one of yeah, the wow. things I haven't. Yeah. They yeah so what's they a, wouldn't be that hard to get up on in dark. What's yeah. a bison
0: weigh? Uh, the average, the large average is 25, 2600 pounds. Okay. Mm-hmm. Moose is 15, polar bears, 1540, Kodiak bears, 1320, and the Roosevelt elk is 1200. Uh
1: 1300
3: pound bear. Well, <laughs> doggone it. We're going to I thought we on still to give the
1: prize away. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, we we, we always do. So Bobby's
3: yeah. going to hold on to yeah. it. Yeah. Y'all y'all get with us there, yeah. and we'll, we'll, we'll see
2: give to the We'll make prize. it happen.
1: Well, uh, we'll just send you a bill for it.
2: <laughs>
3: what else have we got? Is there anything else to ask him? I just,
1: I'm kind age? of jealous I want to go ride with him, you know? <laughs>
2: I'll probably stay on the ground, and, and you know, I'll be
5: on that team that drives up in a
1: truck. So, Richie, you like, actually flew with him, huh?
5: Uh, no, uh, Owen flew with them. Owen actually. flew with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we, uh, they, uh, the last
4: day there, Owen was fl- fl- flew with them and got some flip
6: flops. So yeah. yeah,
4: we talked about <laughs> turkeys in States. How many States have you worked in?
6: Every Western state came from wow. Oklahoma, West of there. Um, so
4: too many trees around then here. I, you know, I, was just I would guess
6: probably half the country, 25, maybe.
4: Wow. So the logistics part is you, you're going to get a job and you're going to work out of a certain area. You just take a plane ride or drive your truck to go to that location and work out of there. Do they come pick you up or how's the logistics so work? So we,
6: we have a base in Colorado Springs. So meet there. That's where we keep all our gear, hang our, the helicopters there. Okay. And then, um, we, we run a fuel truck. It's just a, you know, three quarter ton truck and it's got fuel tanks in the back. And so it pretty much chases the helicopter everywhere. And we keep, we pull a trailer behind it, keep all the gear in it. Wow. And, um, we, we wow. just drive project to project and the helicopter will fly project to project. And we, we drive and chase it and hotels every night, restaurants every night. It's like vacation at first, but then it gets kind of old, you know?
1: Yeah. I keep wearing hotels
6: sure. and eating restaurants every night. I bet you that's yeah, on road, road for, yeah, what's, exactly.
4: <laughs> what's the range of the helicopter? How far do they fly before they refuel, fuel? Typically.
6: Uh, if, if they're just flying straight and level, just, just ferrying one place to another, you can make it three and a half, four hours. Wow. Um, and and they're flying a hundred and thirty, hundred and forty knots, so wow. Whatever that is, five hundred miles or so.
4: <laughs> nice. So fast I'm just curious about the cause you've been around so many places and how do you move that around and so forth. That's right. fascinating. Dudley, weren't you curious yes. as
3: to which direction the rotor blade spun? I was.
6: Do you know? They they spin. So if I'm sitting there, they're spinning this way. So from coming from right to left, if you're underneath them. Counterclockwise. Counterclockwise. So yeah, counterclockwise.
2: Okay. I wonder if they spin different if you're in a on the on the other uh hemisphere no,
4: no 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 they spin whatever way that motor <laughs> sends yeah them. that's right
1: yeah that's a motor so andy we'd love
3: to we'd love to meet you sometime if you yeah. ever get in this part yeah. of the world Absolutely. please come by and see we'll, us. we'll hand grab a pig or something i'd be you honored know, maybe what,
1: that'll that'll get him there <laughs>
3: let you jump out on yeah. an
1: alligator
2: yeah catch a pig or an alligator <laughs> we little could little take one. him offshore and catch some yellowfin tuna
1: yeah i'm in on that out of the helicopter. Well, now, I don't know about the helicopter. We'll take a boat. it will be a blast. <laughs> yeah, we'll take a boat. Mac,
3: you got anything else to ask him?
0: No, it was very interesting though. Yeah. Fascinating. Cool yeah, stuff. Hey, right?
4: and you know, it's kind of like, again, I've said this a couple times, but, you know, thank you for your service. I feel yeah. like someone like I, you would I need to say it. that just like we would, you know, our military and so We appreciate it so yeah. much.
1: Wildlife is very precious to us.
4: Yes. Thank
6: you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that.
3: So, uh, Andy, are you single? Yeah. 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 This-
6: I got a great... Great girlfriend, but
4: you—you must
1: not married yet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. Does she turkey hunt? She turkey hunt. She hunts everything. She's a a biologist too. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Well, it might work out then.
3: Yeah, (laughs) I'll tell you. He sounds like he's got a great life. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it is.
4: (laughs) Just be be careful. Yeah, stay served in. That's, That's yeah.
3: true. Yeah. Well, look, we, we enjoyed it, and uh, thank you for being here with us. And uh, I don't think he does any social media because I asked him. So he, uh, I don't blame him. Yeah, he's pretty low-key. I don't either. I don't either. Yeah. Yeah. Lanny. Yeah. <laughs> You Lanny doesn't. Lanny doesn't, but you've got an alias out there, so
1: I got to keep track of you. Don't say that.
3: All right, Andy. Andy Orlando. He's a helicopter wrangler. Jumps out, nets thing, mugs things, uh, just all around. Bears, guy. mooses. I'm bulls. clapping here.
1: Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. Yes.
3: And we're gonna send you a little. Uh, look, I'm gonna. We're gonna get you some turkey out stuff and send it up there to you. So. There we go.
1: Maybe
3: hey, we can push awesome. you through the 49.
1: That, there you go. That bottom land is my color. There it is. <laughs> I hear things better in land. Man, after
4: my own heart.
3: Guys, did y'all what? What,
4: Lanny? Would you learn?
1: I mean, the I wish I'd known about this when I was in wildlife school. You know, I just <laughs> over here begging Toxie for a job.
4: <laughs> that, that fits his adventure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would. Uh, I probably wouldn't have you know kids and be married right now, which I love my family so. But now, nah, super cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just learned that there's
2: some really cool jobs out there that I I really didn't know about, and yeah. this is. This is yeah. probably the top.
3: Yeah, I'm,
4: I'm glad y'all are all, all broken up too much to do this now or might lose one. <laughs> yeah, for real. I'm too old to start. Don't worry. Yeah.
3: You know, Taxi always talk about living your best life. This guy kind of wasn't happy with what he was doing and just kept asking and looking and asking and looking and, and look what he found it's just pretty it's yeah.
4: impressive oh, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's incredible very, it's that's, very impressive that's Lady one basketball.
6: thing that I've found and I've learned it doesn't matter what you're passionate about what you love to do you that's stick right. with it and that's right. keep following your passion you'll end up where you want to be
1: that's right 100% yeah that's good advice that's I tell
3: you great. what I learned is I can write down what I'm supposed to do and say at the beginning of the podcast and I'm liable not to do that that's <laughs>
1: right
3: <laughs> I'm sorry Dad, we had talked that's about you right. doing that at the beginning So, oh well well, if if nobody else has anything, I think we all have a bunch of stuff we need to be doing. But we sure appreciate everybody listening. Yes, Andy,
6: do you ever get to watch our television show? Uh, once in a while, I'll catch an episode here or there.
3: Well, that's, that's good. We appreciate that. If you get a friendly app, you can watch it wherever you are. <laughs>
2: all right. All right. <laughs> Even from the helicopter. helicopter.
1: Yeah. Keep that in mind. <laughs> so, such a good salesman. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we appreciate it. it. Get well, us why out don't out you say practice. goodbye,
2: Dudley? Goodbye, Dudley. Get us out of here, Richie.